Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Soccer Scene, the 15th episode of the Soccer Scene, some sort of milestone, I suppose, for us uh, this season and, and the hard work that's that's went into it. But I suppose the, the first thing to touch on is the defeat that 3D uh, endured on Monday night to Cork City. It was a Munster Senior Cup semi-final defeat, a 3-0 defeat. I suppose the big takings from that uh, match were the fact that four players from the underage setup made their senior debuts, which Tommy Barrett and his management had intimated would be the case. And unfortunately, an injury at the end of the game to Willie Armstrong, who had grown into the game uh, later on, which brings me, of course, to, to the preview with the lads for the Bray Wanderers game uh, when we turn to league action for Treaty after a week and a half's break. Bray Wanderers come to the markets field, Noel, uh, for a crucial clash in the... Uh, first division and the playoff chase, I suppose, as well, because there's only four points separating Treaty in fifth place and Bray Wanderers in seventh place. And with Galway, Waterford and Cork, and even so much Longford being five points ahead of Treaty, looking like they're pulling away slightly at the moment, this is probably, I suppose, as important game for Bray as much as anything, as much as Treaty too. Yeah, I think so. And I think you're right about the, we certainly knew that the, the top three would probably pull away. And in fairness, Longford have been very, very impressive in the games that I've seen them play. And uh, a couple of wins like that and, you know, a couple of defeats for Treaty and you look at the table and, you know, it's there's five points of the gap there to four plays, which, of course, never happened last year. And I suppose, you know, the really good thing about last year was, that, you know, that they were going into games and possibly if they won and the results went their way, that they could go into, uh, as far up as second, which is really, really great. They're, you know, there's certainly a, a bigger chasm that has appeared this year. Um, as regards the Bray game, um, I think they've they've issues of 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 their own. Certainly, I was watching some footage from my old uh, one of my former clubs uh, when Pat Devlin was confronting a few of the Bray fans, uh, which I found you know a bit bizarre to say the least. Particularly as as I know the way the 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 pitch is set up there that you have to walk the whole way across the pitch to get to that stand instead of going straight into the dressing room after the game. Um, I've seen Bray play a few times. They've had some fairly decent results, even though they're certainly struggling to score goals. Um, we spoke about Longford there. Um, I watched a good bit of that game, and it was a it was a last minute winner for Longford to beat Bray two one. But uh, all things being equal, and the fact that a lot of the treaty frontliners, if you like, have had a good break and uh, they should be fresh and raring to go on Friday night. I'd certainly see um, treaty as strong favourites for that match um, at home. Yeah, we'll be hoping that there, there will be a response similar to the last time that treaty did have a back-to-back defeat against Galway and Cork, and, and that would be the hope. Uh, Jason, J- Noel touched on it there, the fact that I suppose, as I was mentioned last week, Galway and Cork are picking up a lot more points than maybe second place did last year. I know Shelburne ran away with it, but at this time of the season last year, there wasn't that same gap between the top two and everyone else. Um, we could even mention Waterford, I suppose, in that, despite the fact that we expected them to be higher in the table. Is that is it the fact that those teams are setting such a high standard? It seems crazy, really, because, you know, you look at Bray, they have two wins from 14 matches played so far, and they're right in the mix to be in the playoffs. Yeah, and certainly are and their draw specialists. I think really, Bray this year, mm. no one touched on it, struggling to score goals. You know, there's six draws. And I'm sure if you ask Pat Devlin, he'd prefer to take three of them as wins. No doubt about that, I'm sure. But they've two good wins this season. They've beaten Longford and they've beaten Cove and they've drawn McCork. So I suppose they've proven on their day they can compete. 
but it's that scoring goals is their problem. You know, you look at Kieran Marty Waters as someone that you'd always expect to, to find a net for them. He still hasn't scored in the league yet. Do you know, Darren Lynch, one goal, and Curtis Byrne has only returned three. So I suppose that's really their, their Achilles heel, you know. They've only scored nine in, in 14 games, and that's where they're struggling. Do you know, they're, they're without a win in five games, two draws, sandwiched in between three defeats. So no one mentioned it there, the, the Pat Devlin incident with the supporters, you know. So you'd imagine that the confidence wouldn't be too high in Bray, but look, Pat Devlin's an experienced manager. He's around long enough to know that criticism comes with the job. Differences of opinions from supporters and media is part of his role. And and he was happy to front it up, I suppose. But look at it, Adrian, you know. Um, they did take a bit of a trimming against Waterford 4-1 last week. You know, so I think it's a great game for Treaty, especially at home. You know, and they will be confident, I think, going in there. If you have Vinda Curran back, if you have Stephen Christopher back. Tommy got to rest a few of, of the other senior players last night, obviously, in the Munster Senior Cup. So they should be looking forward to the game. We are, Adrian. That's that's most certainly the case. And I agree with Noel. It should be a home win. Yeah, I do have Treaty down for a home win. I suppose it has been rare this season. We have, have had that opportunity. Noel, Jason just mentioned it there. Obviously, you're hoping that certain players will come back into the team. The likes of in the current team, Christopher Tommy had intimated that could come back. Obviously, you'll still be missing the likes of Joel Castrain and Mark Walsh and Kieran Hanlon by the looks of that as well. But one thing is for sure, Noel, judging by the four games that these clubs have played against each other already with such a lack of goals in them and only one goal separating in most cases outside of the 2-0 win for three last year, it, it, it certainly looks like it'll be another tight affair regardless of what way the, the pendulum will swing. Yeah, and you've got to factor in the fact that Treaty uh, struggled against Cabin Teeley last year, you know, with, with a strong kind of an influence for what's around, including Pat Devlin. But still, I think, you know, probably one of the positives last night of the Montesino Cup game was uh, Conor Melody getting a good run out. And look, I think that he's he's going to be quite important um, if, if if you're looking for goals, certainly on paper, even without Ender Curran, although obviously we hope he starts. If Dean George is in a bit of a, a vein of goal-scoring form, uh, Conor Melody is certainly capable of scoring goals as well. So we certainly seem to have more aces in the pack than, uh, than Bray have and more proven goals uh, scores. So from that point of view, even though I do expect it to be a very cagey game, I don't think that, that Bray will certainly go into any kind of a gung-ho attack. They'll probably look to play a little bit like Treaty do when they're away from home themselves and that's kind of sit nice and deep and then look to counter-attack. But certainly the first goal will be very important and if it goes to the home side, but then I can see them certainly getting the three points. Yeah, and as we are uh, recording this podcast on Tuesday, we don't know for sure whether Enda Curran and Stephen Christopher are back as of yet, Jason. But even if those players, I suppose one way is Dean George, Connor Melody, you have attacking options there as well. A little birdie told me that your approach to this game would be 5-4-1 if you had the, the chance. <laughs> no, that is definitely not, not to be believed. I'd imagine yeah, I know exactly what approach you'd take to this game, Jason. I think you do, Adrian. I think everyone else does as well. I'm, I'm running the risk of being a queue and turning into a Mike Bassett with the 4-4-2, I think. No, but look, it's an opinion, Adrian. That's what it is. And it's based on the players that, that I watch. And I constantly say it. I'm a fan. That's what I am first. And I watch the team closely. 
and I always love to see him go and attack teams, you know, and, and you've said it there. There isn't the history of, of high scoring games between Bray and Treaty. So I would love to see Treaty go and attack them, especially at home. And, and if we're talking about getting crowds in, wouldn't it be great to see a few goals and an attacking performance? Because I'll agree with Noel, you know, I don't think Bray will come out all guns blazing. They don't have the firepower to do that, you know, but I'd love to see Treaty put him on the back foot. If Stephen Christopher is back, there's probably a few decisions to make in the middle of the field. And, you know, if you have Jack Lynch in there as well. And I've been really impressed, I suppose, really with Callum McNamara, you know, in the middle of the field as well. And Joe Collins, that's been a great partnership for me. So it's up to Tommy to fit these players in without, I suppose, stifling the, the attacking threat. But if Endicurran is back, he has to play. He always has to play, I believe, Adrian is a talisman. And as we're saying, Dean George is in a rich vein of form, so, so why not go and attack him and, and try to score a few goals? Absolutely, that, that would be the hope. I know and all that we are, I suppose, hamstrung by missing a few players. I mentioned that Willie Armstrong was, was aided off the field last night. That will obviously be a blow in terms of, I know he doesn't start games, uh, Willie Armstrong, but he's always really good to bring off the bench, as has been seen by the amount of appearances he makes off the bench uh, for three and makes differences in those. But in fairness, if you look, like Jason mentioned, he mentioned a few of those players already. You've got the likes of Jack Lynch, Callum McNamara, Lee Davis, Matt Keane, Stephen Christopher are all there still for selection and, and possibly in the current Dean George and Connor Melody. So going into a home game against Bray, that's still a strong eight to pick from, from up the field. Certainly a strong eight, yeah. And look, in fairness, Willie Armstrong would be a loss, I think, particularly in games like this. I think... You know, even if he's only coming on for the last 10 or 15 minutes when there's a few tired bodies around and there's a bit more space around the place and particularly if, if Treaty are chasing a goal or even a goal up and the other, the opposition are kind of coming forward and leaving gaps behind. But as you said, there's plenty of options. You mentioned Matt Keane there as well. Um, I see he came on uh, last night. So listen, a really, really strong squad and 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 a few options there. And it's about getting that right balance of, of being nice and solid, but having enough attack and threat that uh, that you can get a few goals. Yeah, certainly. And, and I know we've discussed Bray, body, we have discussed Bray and, and certain players already, uh, Jason. But, you know, would you be surprised with maybe how Bray have struggled this year? I know we already mentioned that. Uh, Kieran Marty Waters, you know, Curtis Byrne, players like that. But when you look at the squad uh, through experience, you'd, you'd imagine that they would be you know, competing better. But I suppose they, there's a, there just seems to be at the moment, whatever way it is, on and off the field, there just seems to be a really bad atmosphere at the club. And it seemed to be that came from the start of the season. And both of you highlighted that you didn't know whether this merger would work in the first place. On paper, it's a very good squad, Adrian. You know, it's it's a squad, I suppose, on par with Treaties. And, and I think we all agree Treaties have a very good squad this year. But them amalgamations and coming together is, you know, they're not always seamless and they always take time. You know, they never just happen overnight where everything is rosy in the garden because we know how fickle football people can be, you know, across the country, I suppose. It's it's part of the sport. And But as I said at the outset, Adrian, it's the draws that are killing Bray. You know, and, and look, repeat myself again, but they're not scoring goals. And if they could turn some of them draws into wins, they'd climb the table a little bit faster and the fans would be a little bit happier, I think. You know, but look, if you're not scoring goals, Adrian, you're not going to win games. It really is as simple as that. And and they need to address it if they want to make the playoffs. 
Yeah, and the huge carrot, Noel, on top of that, it's not obviously last chance saloon for anyone because this league is, is bizarre at the best of times. But, you know, a huge motivation for Treaty going into it as it wasn't as if there wasn't enough already coming off the back of, of no wins in, in three league games is the fact that you can push that gap between yourselves and Bray to seven points and then still have two games in hand on Bray. That would be a really nice cushion. Yeah, absolutely. And look, I didn't really fancy Bray either uh, from the start, but you got to respect him, you know, with that experience they have. You know, you still have to go and, and pick up your three points. Um, it's looking like that it's going to be a kind of a, a battle there for, for, for fourth or fifth, if you like, if Longford keep going the way they're going. Um, they look like that they're going to be in, in the playoffs, and that's the way we look at it. And then, you know, from the start of the season, we said, you know, that the Wexford Jutes would in, improve, and they have. But I think what's really stood to treaty there is they've picked up six points out of six against them. And that's what's, you know, kept them at bay because they've had some very impressive results as well, even though we say that they're a bit, have a soft armor belly as such and they're conceding too many goals. But uh, I certainly don't think that Treaty have anything to fear from Bray. I think they'll be more united group. Um, I think there's less problems around the place and uh, they certainly have the firepower to go out and get the three points and that's all that really matters without looking too far ahead. Just look as far as Friday night and just get those three points. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Noel, I know you would have came up against Pat Devlin, I assume, back in, in the day, but you'd know him quite well. I know that your time, you hadn't spent much time in the Carlisle grounds, as we, as we know, which was surprising uh, in, in the past as well. But you did mention, you did reference it earlier, and so did Jason, the, the scene we saw with, with Pat Devlin, you know, going towards the supporters. And, and there seemed, you know, that the, I suppose that the, you can call it passion if you want, but the sheer anger... Uh, directed at the supporters from Pat Devlin and vice versa was, was incredible to see because you just don't see it at any level really uh, do you and I suppose uh, you would definitely the advice you'd give is that it was very ill-advised for Pat Devlin to have done that I think so and I don't think I'd be in a position to give a man of that experience advice but I, I certainly was very surprised and again you know the fact that he had to make a big effort to get there as well I mean, maybe if you were walking past the stand and, uh, you know, something was said and you'd reacted. But, you know, he did have to trek all the way across, you know, from one side of the pitch to the other. And from what I saw, you know, he, he actually had his phone out as well and he was he was kind of filming what was going on. So, listen, I don't think it does anyone any, any, any favours. My experience of that is like that you don't want to be given those supporters too much oxygen either because, look, for them it's a kind of a victory when they get that kind of reaction from someone so high up in the club but uh, it's done now so I, I'm sure that deep down he probably regrets it himself he probably felt a bit angry and uh, in hindsight he probably would probably have thought it was better judged not to do it but it's done now and uh, they just have to look forward I know I've often slagged your disciplinary record as a player Jason but I know I assume you wouldn't reach those type of boiling points as a manager No, no things change when you become a manager Adrian um, all the red cards stopped when I when I finished playing. But look, <laughs> the passionate game. There's no doubt about that. Pat Devlin's a passionate man, giving his life to the game. Really, Adrian, you know. So disappointed to see him get so irate. I suppose really, but I can only imagine that uh, something was said or or something was saying during the game that he wasn't happy with, and and he felt the need to respond. Look, and he's entitled to if he wants to, Adrian. The game of opinions, we keep saying that. And, and if Pat Devlin has an opinion, no better man to voice it. 
Yeah, certainly. And just to move on, Jason, quickly to the, the junior scene, we have a, a huge four days in, in Limerick District League, Premier Division, it must be said. Um, you've got Valenanti playing Fairview Rangers on Thursday night. You have Pike Rovers facing Ashling and Akadi. And then you have Fairview playing Pike on Sunday directly against each other. I mean, there's so little points uh, between the sides now. It's hard to call it. There's three points Fairview have an advantage ahead of Pike going into the last round. Balnanti are further uh, three points back, so it's unlikely they'll be able to mount the challenge at this stage. It does look like a two-horse race, uh, but a huge uh, few days, which definitely could uh, define where the title ends up and the destination of the title. Certainly, Adrian. They're fantastic games, and they'll whet the appetite of, of the junior football public in Limerick. You know, they're probably the best sides in, in the, the Premier Division. There's no doubt about that. I've said it all along. I felt it was kind of a two-horse race between Fairview and Pike. And the board of their hands full, Adrian Pike with FEI commitments, obviously, and, and Fairview with Munster Junior commitments. Um, I'm sure, knowing Jason Purcell as long as I do, that the league would have been priority for Fairview at the beginning of the season. And I don't think that's changed. Probably the same for Pike Rovers because it's a while since they won one as well. But not sure how long it is since Fairview won it. I don't know. Is it 18 or 20 years, Adrian? It's, it's 19 years, Jason, would you believe? Yeah. yeah it's flabbergasting to think, do you know, a club that size has, hasn't won a league in, in that space of time. So I do fancy him to do it. They pulled the rabbit out of the hat and they were there at Rainsford. Um, he's back in the city, obviously. Um, and, and they had him signed. So what a fantastic addition he is, Adrian. And I think really he could be the the difference between them, I'd expect Fairview to beat Balnanti. I would expect Pike to beat Ashling. Um, and then when it comes to it, there won't be a whole pile in it. But I just think Fairview will have the edge over Pike in the league this year. Yeah, it, it, it certainly will be an interesting four days. That's for sure. Uh, to move on to the predictions league, there was no change, lads. We all had a clean sweep, uh, which was almost a bit of a disappointment uh, last year. But all the favourites won uh, in their encounters last week. So we move on to this week. I think it's fair to say, just to clarify, that we've all went for a 3D win against Bray. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's one, that's one of them down. So uh, we've got Wexford and Galway. I know that I've went for a draw in this game, a kind of an Noel O'Connor special uh, going for a Wexford draw, maybe you could say. But uh, Noel, what's your own uh, verdict? Yeah, I just think that the way Galway are going at the moment and what's really changed is like they were grinding out results, you know, at the start of the season and probably last season as well. But Seem to be able to uh, score a few goals, not least, you know, the three against Treaty, but, you know, they got four uh, last week. So I think overall they're going to be too strong for Wexford. I'd go for a Galway win. Do you agree with that, Jason? Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. And, and it'd be amiss of us to say, Adrian, to, to do the show without saying congrats to Ed McCarthy on the score sheet again, twice, I believe, for, for Galway. Um, and and look, he's, he's fulfilling the promise that we saw when he was at Treaty, you know, a really, really good player and, and has a bright future ahead of him, I think. Yeah, look, I'll agree with Noel. I think it's a two-horse race for, for the title. There's no whole pile in it and, and Galway are really fired at the moment. So they'll certainly be good for the three points, in my opinion. Yeah, to stick with yourself, Jason, for the Midlands Derby, Athlone Longford. Heartbreak for Athlone last week. I finally thought they were getting a positive result and what a result it would have been uh, against Cork City but heartbreaking in injury time for them uh, I, I was humming and hawing about this for a while but I, in the end I did go for a Longford win uh, what's your own thoughts on it? 
Yeah, Longford hit a little bit of a sticky patch, but they're on the coattails of, of Waterford, Adrian McGill's heat in the table. They have a game in hand and they're only two points behind. So they'll be looking to, to continue to win in ways. Obviously, the one last week. Um, and that loan still struggling for the first win, only two draws on, on the on the table. So I can't see anything other than a Longford win. And yourself not? Yeah, I think, you know, it's a short trip as well. Relatively, so I would fancy Longford to continue their good form and get a victory there. And going into a Munster Derby now as well, the, the final game for us to predict, you have Waterford uh, against Cove Ramblers. Um, I, I went for a home victory here. Uh, Noel, what about you? Yeah, we'd have to know. Uh, certainly they've picked up a bit of form uh, since the exit of Ian Morris. Had a, they've had a couple of wins and they're starting to score a few goals as well. I think they'll be too strong at home for, for a Cove team that are conceding goals. And we are we the three amigos on that one, Jeff? Oh, we are definitely Adrian. You know, they're on the back of three wins now, Waterford into a nice vein of form and, and they'll continue their winning ways, I'm sure. Yeah, the only the only way I can make up ground is if Wexford and Galway draw. And that would, that would be the hope anyway. But um my thanks once again for the, the lads joining us here on the soccer podcast. We know that obviously three you have two important games coming up, although we decided to focus on the Bray game first um, before the Longford game, which had been postponed early in the season. And we will digest both of those games on next week's show on the soccer scene. Uh, my thanks once again to the lads and thank you for joining us.